to the wash. Today we're pivoting. No, really. My husband had a great idea. We had some circumstances change lately, and we're busy women. So why not talk about how we pivot? Yes, exactly. Emily's currently out for vacation, so you'll just have to get used to being just me and Kat for a little bit. Being a wife, a woman, a mom, or a parent at all really is all about calling the audibles. And Nick is right. A pivot in our schedule called for us to talk about the pivots in our daily lives. You know I love a good technical definition too. So pivoting is basically described as changing directions from a central point, And you guessed it. That central point being ourselves. And I'm sorry. All I can hear in my head every single time we say pivot is Ross screaming it at Rachel and Chandler. Pivot, pivot. <laughs> I am pivoting. Um, Honestly, if that isn't us talking to our kids on a daily, I don't know what else more accurately describes that. So without further ado, let's dive right in. So what are some examples outside of today when you've had to pivot plans? Honestly, having grace. Um, When we got married, we said, you know, we're going to be married for two years. We're going to go travel and do all of these things. And we didn't make it six months. Um, We found out we were pregnant. Um, You were actually there. Mm -hmm. Um, We found out we were pregnant in August, uh, early August. Yeah, because it was right before my birthday. Yep. And it, it was um, right after my grandpa had died and you had made like a beautiful flower arrangement and come over. Um, and yeah, you called it. You I did. hit the nail on the head and we're like, yep, you're pregnant. Um, and that was a huge pivot that we were obviously very excited about, but we were also kind of like, crap, what are we about to do? I love that story too, because... I called it, and then you were like, well, I have some tests. I'll just take one and see. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. You well, came out, and I, your voice was so shaky. You were like, cat? <laughs> we'll have to get into the full story another oh time. Yeah. Uh, but what about you, Kat? Um, I actually, before I met Nick, I was set to join the Navy. I had been working out and was on track for that. And I met Nick and decided maybe I don't want to be on a boat in the middle of the ocean for four years. So I kind of put that on pause. And after that, we got engaged a month after meeting. And then we found out we were pregnant. And then COVID hit. And we miscarried. And we're trying to plan a wedding. And it was so, so much all at the same time. And it was all within, like, the first year of us being together. It was insane. Yeah, y'all did a lot of pivoting in those first 12 months. Yes. Um, just with with getting engaged so quickly, like that's a huge life decision in and of itself. Yeah. How did you how did you come out of that? Honestly, I don't think I've ever been closer to somebody in my whole life. We yeah. really leaned on each other, especially after that miscarriage. I initially felt so alone, but he was very very good about empathizing and asking me how it felt from my perspective and he was heartbroken because that would have been our first child together yeah so it was really good to have that experience together and not feel like by myself and really props to both of you for not letting that drive in between y'all and 
pivoting into each other instead of being like, nope, that's that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess for us pivoting out of something that we were not expecting, we we had a baby, you know, we kind of planned what we could and prayed on the things that we couldn't uh, control and just we're winging it. We're winging it. Y'all did great at it, too. You're still doing great at it. I mean, she's pretty cute. She's pretty cute. We'll keep her. She's growing like crazy. Um, but, yeah, transitioning into a little bit of how we pivot as moms, um, how, do you, how do we approach that topic, you know? Honestly, I think kid-wise, schedules are never an actual schedule. It is no. a, a guesstimate. Where it's like, At you know, best. Yes, it's like we could do these things today. Will the children cooperate? Who knows? Yes, especially when there's a lot in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, like today, we did one thing together. We yeah. took the girls to the pool, and that, like, if we had anything else planned, it wouldn't have worked. No, it wouldn't have. Um, yeah, I know Grace is typically very go with the flow, and Rosie's pretty, pretty good about adapting and pivoting as well mm-hmm. um and for us changing a way that changing the way we spent our time was a huge change I don't know about y'all yeah it, it was it wasn't f- well for me it wasn't that hard because being in education I was a nanny for several years so honestly I was used to having kids with me all the time no matter what I was doing but I think as a couple it was like well are we gonna go to your parents or my parents or hang out with friends like or do we try to hit all three in one day on thanksgiving day yeah no 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 pick one we're yeah we're odd years are with my side even years are with your side we're i'm not dragging this baby all over god's green earth anymore yeah yeah that was a huge one for us Um, not doing the screaming no i'm not doing the overtired all night long either Mm um what are some other areas of um, your life that you found pivoted once you had a baby? Honestly, or two babies, really. Yeah, two babies now. Um, with Rosie, the first baby, it was friends. I think was probably the hardest because our friends would want to hang out, but a parent, like any parent that knows this, like friends that don't have kids are a lot harder to hang out with because they don't understand that you have to be home for your routine for your baby's bedtime. Yes. Or they won't sleep. And I, like, you guys had Rosie, she's what? Uh, she's a full year older than Grace. Yeah, she's 27 months now. Grace is about 14, so, yeah. I mean, even I would be like, no, 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 just bring Rosie. And that's great. Like, I, f- I feel like you were comfortable bringing her around and you appreciated us not being like, Oh, they have a baby. We're not going to invite them anymore. But even like the non-parent, so parent and me had no idea what, how important that six 30 mealtime was and seven 15 bath time so that she's in bed by eight. Mm -hmm. It's insane how, how even 15 minutes will change that entire dynamic. Oh yeah. And toddlerhood, I think changes that a lot too. She's got this routine now where it takes us at least an hour to get her maybe wanting to lay down. That's a lot. Yeah. I'm very lucky right now. So we have to start at 6.30, bath, Mm -hmm. books. But then she wants to talk about who knows. 
all of it. Random topic, all about her life right before bed for 30 minutes, and then maybe she'll lay down. That's, yeah. Grace right now is very much about her sleep, which is nice. Um, But uh, that actually is going to lead me into one of the things that I noticed as I became a mom was the intrusive thoughts. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That was a pivot. Because before, like, I had just enough anxiety to be like, oh, no, what if this happens? Mm-hmm. But now, oh, my gosh. I think all the time about, like, what happens if I die? Yeah, who's going to take care of her? Yeah, who's going to take care of, of William? Who's going to fold her blanket the way she likes? Yep. And who's, who's going to sing a song right before bed that the, the sound machine is also playing? Yeah. Um, or, you know... She hasn't woken up tonight. She's sleeping through the night. She's not breathing. You better get up and go check. Oh, my gosh, yes. That's That one was the hardest for me. Oh, for newborns? I, Rose, I would just literally lay there watching Rosie as she slept because I was terrified that she was going to stop breathing. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I We co-slept for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally moved her to the pack and play next to me, I would literally just roll over and stare at her because mm-hmm. I was so scared she wasn't going to be breathing. And then when I got to the point where I wasn't sleeping, I was like, okay, it's in your hands, God. I, I got I to gotta rest. I honestly, Nick had to make me sleep at one point. I was yeah. so tired and so delirious. He has a picture of me, and it looks like I got punched in the face because my eyes are so dark. Dang. And I, he basically sat there next to me with Rosie while I slept holding his hand. And I had to come to this, like, place where I just sat there praying, and I was like, please make her last till the morning. And if not, like, okay, I'm grateful for the time that I had her here. And that's super morbid. I remember very early on, like, because it was during COVID when we still, when Grace was a newborn, uh, my my dad actually ended up not feeling well, and he, he had held her for a little bit, but he was like, I something's not right. I'm going to hand her back. Um, and he hadn't been kissing all over her, but I remember driving and sobbing being like, please don't take her from me. And that's just like that sheer fear that I wasn't going to get more time with her. Yeah. And then like that with, along with the not breathing, I have a funny story, which Kat knows, but I'm going to share it with all of you. Is this about the Titanic? It is about the Titanic. Mm. So I haven't watched this movie in, years probably never actually seen it as a fully grown adult processing what is happening in the movie which there's a lot of plot things that I find very humorous but we won't get into that um but so we're watching it I'm doing great and then we hit the point in the movie where there's one of the the lower class moms is telling her kids like oh yeah they're gonna load all of the rich women and children on and then they're gonna let us on And then she realizes that that is not what's going to happen. And y'all, when they show her tucking her kids into bed, knowing full well. At this point, she was texting me and I was like, just turn it off. Go watch a Disney movie. Seriously. And so Will is not about it. He's he's on Snapchat. He's on Facebook. He's just there because he knows I'm going to lose it. Mm -hmm. I full blown panic attack, y'all. I am leaning into this man sobbing like little child like like I can't watch this movie anymore and he paused the movie and he's like he let me cry it out and then he's like are you okay 
And I said, but how does a mom do that? And he was like, babe, this is not something that you're ever going to have to do. Like, God willing, you'll never have to make that decision. And nothing is going into my head. And he finally just kind of looks at me and he goes, do you need to go get Grace? And I was like, I'm just, I'm picturing you just standing over her crib, just. <laughs> it was, I don't know how I didn't wake her up. It was so bad. Like I was laying over top of the crib. She knew. She probably knew. Oh my gosh. And I like had a hand on her and I was just like rubbing her head and her back, sobbing on her. Like she had tears on her. And to make matters worse, we have a sound machine. And that sound machine was making wave noises. <laughs> It was so bad. And like, I I don't know. <laughs> just take the sound machine and just yeet it at the wall. I, I could not hit the button fast enough. I fought every urge in me not to just pick her up. And I think eventually I ended up picking her up and just like she never budged. But And then Will came in and was like, you good now? And I was like no, don't ever let me watch that again. He was like, I told you not to. Kat was telling you not to. I was telling you to turn it off. Oh my gosh, it was bad. It was really bad. And then I I stayed up and watched Hamilton on Disney Plus. Isn't that like a three hour movie? Listen, so was Titanic. I was dedicated to getting, yeah, like the last hour and a half is them dying. Listen, I don't. If Titanic is your favorite movie, that's great for you. I'm looking at her like she's crazy right now. That's six hours of movie. <laughs> I fell asleep towards the end of Hamilton, but I it was listen, it was bad. Okay. And I think what was worse, and I think Kat will actually agree with me, is the next day when I didn't even have Grace with me, so I couldn't get to her. I turned the movie back on. <laughs> I didn't think she was serious at first. I like, oh my gosh, it was, it was still bad. It was, I was just very as disappointed. Bad. It was just, but like my brain was like, no, no, you have to finish. You have to. It's the intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Again, it doesn't just have to be about our kids. Yep. Hey, remember that book you didn't finish? You're never going to finish it. So you better go get it right now and read it. Yeah. All the time. Uh, yeah. So, so that was intrusive thoughts for me. I think going out now as an adult too with kids is a lot. I, I literally, my armpits sweat constantly when I'm out with the girls. Oh, my head is on a swivel. Literally watching everybody. I've been followed in the grocery store a couple of times and it's gotten to the point where I'm like not super comfortable going to the grocery store unless I'm with a friend or it's very early in the morning. I, yeah, same. Unless like you or Will is going with me, I'm not going with that baby. Yeah, I'll I will make a plan so that she is still at daycare or with Will, but I'm not taking her by myself because it's it's too nerve wracking for me to try to load the grocery cart and mm-hmm. have to take eyes off of her. Yeah. Nope. Can't do it. I'm I'm terrified that this is kind of intrusive thoughts and being out. But when I go to put the girls up in the car, I leave both front doors open Yes, because terrified I'm terrified that the car's gonna lock. Gonna lock them in the car, and then I'm gonna have to. I don't care about the window. Yeah, but you better believe I'm gonna use my fist to get in. Mm-hmm. No, not me. I'm not locking them in the car. Nope. And so you mentioned friends earlier, and something mm-hmm. random just popped into my head. That was that was something we actually struggled with too, because we have a lot of friends that are younger than us. Yeah, and so they are just they're just in a different 
part in their lives. And I actually had an encounter with one of our friends or technically one of Will's friends that traumatized me. And I was like, nobody in this friend group likes me. And so I guess I just need to not come around anymore and you need to come to these by yourself. And that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for that particular friend group. But strangely enough, we actually had other friendships grow out of it. Mm-hmm. We actually had dinner with somebody on Friday night and it the, it was from that same friend group and they were like, so are we going to talk about the elephant in the room? And we had an incredible conversation about how we wanted to grow with our friends. We wanted to mm-hmm. be able to say, hey, like, I don't agree with what you're doing or hey, I see this not going well in a respectful way and not just, you're, you're a terrible friend. Yeah. And you tore this person away from us. Yeah. I like that pivoting as an adult now and and as an adult, but as a parent in this instance specifically, pivoting with friends, I find nine times out of 10 is actually beneficial. And somehow by some miracle, a new friend shows up in your life within like the next year. Yeah. And they're usually like a lifelong friend because it's, it's either your kids bonding first or the parents bonding, and then you just start raising your kids together. Yeah, and sometimes it's even just like, like maybe I had something that I needed to work on or mature in, or maybe the other part, like we just weren't a good match. And sometimes like there's there's been some friends where I've rekindled later, and like I we don't hang out, we don't go get drinks, but I always harm on that person, and we've caught up like, hey, I'm glad you're doing great. Yeah. Go, go move mountains in your arena. Yeah. So... I'm going to pivot again. Pivot. Um, I found an article, and it's actually a really, really cool article. And it's 10 ways to pivot in your adult life. Like, how can you be happier, that kind of thing. Um, and we'll reference it down below in the comments. But the first one is pivot the way you view and define success. I think that is like insanely important. It so is. I like one of the biggest things for me has been developing a growth mindset, yeah. especially coming from such a different, um, home where, you know, psychology, sociology, all those kinds of things were not really like the basis of a lot of things. And so now it's like, I'm sorry, not to interrupt you, but even in our education, Mm -hmm. like how many times did you hear you have to go to a good college? Yeah. You have to go to a four-year university. You have to get a degree. You have to do this. Yeah. I, I'll use Will as an example. Will is killing it in the trade that he's in. Mm -hmm. I know several people, people that I graduated with that would have drowned in a four-year university, Mm -hmm. but I interrupted you. All good. Um, yeah, growth mindset, basically. Um, it's not like I grew up in a house that had a therapist on staff, so I didn't really hear this concept until I was an adult. But your growth mindset is basically where you're not just doing or saying one thing all the time. You're constantly working at a better version of yourself. And growth mindset. There's another term for it, and we actually use it at work a lot, Mm -hmm. um, and I've really started to like, it's called um, productive discomfort, and 
it kind of ties into this really well. And I've tried to use it in my personal life as well. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Change isn't comfortable, but I can either embrace it Mm -hmm. and make it productive or I can run from it. Yeah. And redefining how I viewed success was a huge discomfort. Oh, yeah. Especially from that college point of view, because it's like I still haven't finished my college degree because at one point I was paying for it out of pocket and it's not cheap. No, it's not. I could only afford one class as I was working full time. Yeah, it's insane. So it's like my success had to be changed. What that looked like had to change for me. And so instead of it being, I need to finish school within four years, it was maybe I should focus on my mental health so that I can actually focus on my schoolwork. Yeah. Which actually is a great pivot into her next point, which is, Pivoting your health. Yep. I think it's really, 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 really important to focus on your health. And it's really hard right now in this economy because going to the grocery store with a really small list, $200. Yep. That was literally us this weekend. So how am I supposed to feed my family healthily? Yeah. And that's a really big topic we have for another episode also. But I think it's right now when you can't afford specialized things like that it's really not pressuring yourself and just doing the best you can yeah doing what you can at home Mm -hmm. because you know i'm really i have a sweet tooth i'm really bad about it yeah and last night i looked at will and i was like i want cookie dough and we don't have cookie dough but i do have a doordash app and he was like no we have vanilla wafers and he got me a couple vanilla wafers, but given the opportunity, I would eat a whole tub of cookie dough. Oh, yeah. And that's horrible. Yeah. I think in our family, especially because uh, growing up, I had a hard time with body image and well into my early 20s, actually. So having two girls, it's very important to us to build that body confidence now and I've already said we try not to label foods as bad or good, but we look at food as fuel and our plates as like complex, just works of art. Basically, you need a protein, a carb, a fat. Yeah. And so when our daughter's like, oh, well, I want this. Okay. Well, that's just sugar. What can you add to it to make that maybe a better? Yeah. What can you add to that whipped cream? Yeah. Because I love me some cool whip. Yes. Well, we just eat it out of the fridge. Um, it's okay. Which just also kind of leads into the third point, which is pivoting the way you love yourself. This is, I think, a huge thing for all people, but women specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! It doesn't matter what somebody like on the outside looking in sees, because we've already convinced ourselves that what's in the mirror isn't true. Yeah, and we're not good enough because we don't look like this person over here. Yeah. It's hard because we all have different, literal different body structures. And it's, you can't try to fit yourself into a mold that wasn't made for you. And that's one of my biggest things with really the fashion industry is that all the clothes are like cookie cutter. They're not meant to fit. Their sizes don't make sense. They don't. When your husband goes to buy jeans, what measurements do they take? The waist and the length. And when you go to buy the jeans, Go to buy jeans? Um, eight, ten. 
12, 14, 16. Depends on what store you're at, mm-hmm. what brand within that store. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And they also do that with kids' clothes. Oh, yeah. Girls' clothes you'll find are like at least two sizes smaller than boys' clothes, too. So I buy some of Rosie's clothes from the boys' section. Grace's favorite shorts are just like cloth shorts from the boys' section. Yep. I and think. Honestly, like I want the mom size of them. Oh, I know. I've gotten jeans from the dude section before. Yeah. Boyfriend jeans. All I have to do is take them home and hem the bottoms. And that's another thing. I want a sewing machine so bad because I know how to sew. And when your clothes are made for your body. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And on top of that, we can get into this a little bit more in our uh, our mom hack episode. Yes. Um when they're not or when you get them tailored and they're not right say something oh my gosh yes my wedding dress did not fit we'll get into that another time uh, but back to yes it's it has a lot to do with you know how you talk to yourself how you talk to the people around you because I know when I tell Will like hey babe like you're, you've been working out you look great yeah that like he lights Oh, yeah. I think it's important, too, to, for me especially, at the end of the day, I can feel, like, worthless. Like, I did nothing today. And I'll just take a minute and look at myself and be like, I'm proud of you for doing the dishes today. Yeah. I actually saw a TikTok. I think it's a couple, like, they also do a podcast. Couldn't tell you their names. But he asked his wife, like, would you rather me tell you that you're beautiful or do you want me to tell you that you're a good mom? And he had, like, put it on his Instagram or something, Mm -hmm. and they got mixed reviews. And so, like, it got a conversation sparked. And I was like, you know, sometimes I need to hear that you still think that I'm beautiful. But I also need to hear that you think I'm doing a good job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Today I had a moment where I hilariously did not have a bra on because (laughs) we went to the pool earlier, and now I have a sunburn on my back because I forgot sunscreen. But... My boobs were leaking because I'm a nursing mom currently. And um, I walked into the living room and my husband went, um, I think you might be leaking, babe. <laughs> and I literally just started laughing. And I was like, so glad you find this attractive. And he goes, I always find you attractive. Oh, my God, my heart. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. that w- It's those little things neck. that I'm like, I love this man. And I don't. I look so different now than I did as a teenager, but it's... You look different from the time that you and I met. That's true. And let me tell you something. You look fine. Like, you look healthy, you look happy, and, like, the cat that I know now versus the cat that sat in my tiny house kitchen that night are very different people for the better. Hmm. Are we going to cry this episode? Is no. this the episode? I don't cry in public. You know this. We're not in public. But <laughs> pivoting to our next topic, pivot what and why you celebrate. And I like this one because I love holidays. And literally, I'm like, all right, what's next month? Okay, it has this holiday in it. I'm ready. I love Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas. I Valentine's love Day. <gasps> I love Valentine's Day. Not even for the romance part of it. I love all the pink and the red and the hearts and the yes. flowers and all everything. the decorations. Valentine's Day parties at school, I'm on it. Everybody gets goodie bags. <laughs> well, even 
birthdays. Like yes. I love celebrating birthdays. I love celebrating birthdays. That's something to celebrate, but I think how you do it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a big blowout. It doesn't have to be everybody that you know. Yeah. Every every little move upwards career-wise that Nick has had, it doesn't matter if it was like a raise or like a new position. We've gone out and eaten dinner that night. We try and celebrate the yeah. little things. Rosie being potty trained, we let her pick what she wanted for dinner like the first night that she pooped on the toilet. Yeah. Because we're celebrating the things that are moving us forward. The growth. You're celebrating growth instead of just a day. Yes. And actually, talking about celebrating the things that we're growing, you know, the things that we value, I think pivoting the way that we view productivity, the way we view time, how we value the time that we have is a really, really big one, too. Yeah. Because I know... You, you've mentioned visual timers. Mm-hmm. That really places a value on time for you if you can see how quickly you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily is a, pl- uh, a list person. I am a planner person. That is ki- It's like a to-do list with times. Um, and having that visual helps me to see, like, okay, if I can get these things done the rest of my day, I don't have to stress. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's one of the things that she's mentioning in this article is talking about being productive and how people wear it as a badge of honor. And it's so true. Yeah. I've, I've never actually thought about it like that, but sometimes at the end of the day, I do feel like I'm a good mom just because I was productive. Yeah. And, and you know, that applies kind of universally. If Mm -hmm. somebody has gotten a lot done at work. Great. But I do want to point out, too, there's a difference in being productive and being busy. Yeah. Because I can be busy all day and not get one thing done. Yeah. But productive in our household may look like I moved laundry over today. You have clothes to wear to work tomorrow, William. Mm-hmm. We're productive. Yeah. And I think there's always enough time for the things that you need and want to do. It's hard balancing those, but there's always a tomorrow. Yeah. And I get really caught up in that sometimes because I want to do everything all at the same time, typically. Yeah. Oh, I'm so bad about that. Oh, yeah. I try to do, like, way too many things at the same time, especially when it comes to cleaning the house. And so I'll forget what I originally even started on. Yeah. Yep. You can usually follow the trail through our household of what I have started. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think embracing positivity, which is the next pivot, embracing positivity about things in general, just embracing that positivity and trying not to be so negative is a really great way, I think, to help with that growth mindset and help with that better version of yourself and really work on seeing yourself in a new light. Yeah, absolutely. It's so much easier to be negative. Like it's, it's oh, work. yeah. It's work to be positive, but at the end of the day, you sleep better. And I actually read another article where they were talking about the science of positivity mm-hmm. rewiring your brain because it's it's actually it's like breaking a habit going from negative to positive thinking. Yeah, it really is. And it's 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 allowing something that doesn't control you to just whisper like you're not good enough 
Mm-hmm. You, why, why did they hire you? You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You, and the one that gets me a lot is you weren't a good mom today. You yeah. didn't spend enough time with her. And that's like if I were to just be like, I did everything I could to be a good mom today. Yeah. I would sleep way better. I think pivoting towards your happiness as well. Not just positivity, but putting yourself, especially now as a mom, I sometimes completely forget about myself. Yeah. W- you can't. Uh, like, it's it's different than just forgetting to shower for, like, a week because you constantly have something to do. It's like, when's the last time I just did something for myself? When was the last time we went and had brunch or you went and got a pedicure or... Or sat in silence and knitted for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's all I need. And literally after I had Chloe, I texted you guys this big text, but I was like, this is going to be my year. Yeah. Yeah, you did. This year was going to be my year because I put myself off for so long that this year it's like, yes, I have more children, but I'm also not going to sacrifice myself and my happiness anymore to take care of everybody else. Because if I'm not filling my bucket, you can't pour from an empty bucket. Exactly. I actually, I do want to read the quote that you included. Um, it is from the, it's from Steph Laffey's article, but the quote is from Gretchen Rubin from the happiness project. Um, and it simply states happy people generally are more forgiving, helpful, and charitable, have better self-control and are more tolerant of frustration than unhappy people. While unhappy people are more often withdrawn, defensive, antagonistic, and self-absorbed, self-absorbed. Oscar Wilde observed, one is not always happy when one is good, but one is always good when one is happy. I love Oscar Wilde. I do too. He's a really, really great author. And if my husband was on this episode right now, he would go off on a rant because he's an English literature major, guys. Yes, he loves his artists. Um, And kind of with that happiness, I think that the people that we surround ourselves with. The support. Yeah, have a lot to do with that. Who are you letting into your bubble? Mm-hmm. Which is another point that she makes in the article. Um, and it's it's really true. We talked about how how friends caused us to pivot. And sometimes that was pivoting into a friendship. Or sometimes it was pivoting out of it. Mm-hmm. Or, or sometimes we were all go, going together. And that is so fundamental to everything else is who are you letting in? Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for me, support-wise, is pivoting out of myself. Because I have a very bad habit of just saying, never mind, I'll do it. Oh my gosh, I think a lot of a lot of women do. And that was actually yeah. a, a big point in a book that we both read. Um, of that's, That is a dangerous habit to have. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. guess what, ladies? Men need to be needed. Yeah. Are you talking about fair play? I am. I am talking about fair play. Highly recommend. We're actually going to talk about that in another episode. So it's a fantastic book. But yes, it's the habit of taking on too many things at the same time, doing everything all on your own and not letting people in to help you. Oh, it's so bad. This is not the way. It is. Yeah. You are going to run yourself into the ground. Mm -hmm. You're not even going to have a bucket to refill. Yep. And it, it just breeds resentment. Yeah. And if you're trying to 
pivot into who you want to be, that new person that you want to be, which is the last, it's point 10, pivoting into who you want to be. I feel like all of these kind of work in tandem. Yeah. And yeah, we're not perfect. Like we're not going to do all these things all the time. And I want to make that very clear. Like I am not perfect, but I really like this article and I wanted to share it. And we do have our own personal experiences actually. Um, for me, therapy, therapy, therapy. I mean, I can't say how much I've grown through seeing a therapist, going to support groups when I need to, and just constantly reading and educating myself on how I can support myself, my children, my relationship with my husband is a big one, and that growth mindset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that growth mindset is is kind of the foundation to all of it, I think. For me, it was setting boundaries because mm. I didn't have a whole lot of those um, you know, in college and stuff and having open conversations will have really opened a lot of that up because I didn't have to be on guard with him. Mm-hmm. I could say my opinion yeah, and it wasn't shut down. I could bring up a controversial topic and it wasn't, no, you're wrong. Um, but also I'm going to give a huge shout out to Larry Walker and Diana Walker here because even though my parents told me growing up, like you need to, you need to be honest, you need to be open they have really brought it out of me. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in front of them and cried. And they're, and he literally asked me one time, he was like, when you talk to yourself, are you nice to yourself? And I was like, ooh, no, I'm not. That was a big thing in therapy too. I think the first time my therapist asked me, how do you talk to yourself? Yeah. Would you talk to your friend like that? Yeah, no, I would throw down if anybody talked to you or Emily or any of Our my kids? friends. Oh, I would fight somebody. Yeah. But I do it to myself every day. Yeah. In fact, I like that's part of our job as managers. Sorry, I go back to my job a lot. I just, I'm there a lot, uh, is to step in when people start speaking poorly to our team. Mm-hmm. I don't let them do it to people I employ that I you know, I have a little bit of a relationship with, but it's not personal. Yeah. So why am I doing it to myself? I think this kind of leads into how we pivot ourselves. Yeah. On a daily basis. Yeah. And I think breathing. Oh, a lot of breathing. 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 Continuing to breathe and, and stay alive is probably the biggest one. Coping for me, um, those those coping mechanisms are like, you know, dragon breaths are one of my favorites, which is basically like shaking your hands, breathing in really deep, and then just exhaling as hard as you can. Almost like you're you're jumping around getting ready to box someone. But, man, it really gets that fight or flight, like, relaxed. It relaxes you. I count down sometimes from five a few times if I need to. I used to carry a ball in my purse that was full of water and glitter, and I would just roll it around if I was anxious. Yeah. I don't have time for that anymore, obviously, but <laughs> I, I do a lot of breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like if I am able to, and I just, I can feel like my hackles raising and I'm tense. I have like a whole playlist of songs that I just literally breathe through and sit. So do you have your playlist labeled by mood? Yes. Me too. Yes, I do. And there's like a cleaning or, oh, um, mood or activity both yes yeah they're both they're both on there Mm -hmm. like if i'm sad we're gonna listen to these if i'm anxious here's your playlist some of them are really specific too like 
garden painting, whimsical painting. <laughs> One of my favorites when I get um, like super anxious um, is br- it's literally called breathe. Yeah, it's got a lot of mindset that's called breathe has a lot of like modern worship on it. A yes. lot of hymns that have been modernized. Yeah, just because they're familiar, but they have like that that upbeat. Yeah, so it gets my, it gets me back into the positivity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, planners. Oh yeah, we've talked about this before, but planners are a big deal, even if it's just the ones slapped on the fridge. Yeah, in the common area, I love that thing. Yeah, love my paper planners, but if you're a planner person, have a backup to your backup. It's just gonna make you feel better, and even if you don't need Plan F, you know you've got it at your disposal. Oh yeah. We're going to have one last pivot here as we are out of time for today, though. Thank you guys all for joining today and listening to us talk through our pivoting. We certainly miss having our friend Miss Emily here with her smiling face, but she will be back. Yes, we're so thankful for each of you joining us to spend your Wednesdays with us. Please don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, at The Wash Pod. Or email us at washpodcast at gmail.com. And until next week. Remember, friends, it will all come out in the wash. See ya. Toodles.